Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Catholic Walk. This is episode 4 and my name is Mario and I'm joined by Darren, Anthony, Anthony Darren, however you want to call me. Um yeah, it's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes by Anthony Darren Prem Kumar, but I call him Darren. Apparently he's known as Anthony in his uh let's see what what's what circles are those Darren in your seminarian circles. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, you could call them a seminarian circle. It's quite a weird thing actually cuz I don't know where it came from to be honest with you. I mean, when I was younger, I would always um whenever there was a fam whenever I would go to meet a new family member, they would ask what my name is and I would say my name is Darren. But when it's just like a stranger at work, like a, in a new workplace or a new environment and they ask me what my name is, I'll say Anthony. So it's I associate Darren with family members and Anthony with non-family members. So it's um I mean that's the name I'll give non non family members. Yeah. I don't know where why I do that but yeah, I do that. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's kind of similar with me as well. My full name is actually Mario Stalin and then my this is my surname which you will not be able to pronounce so I'll I'll refrain from giving you the difficulty to them and think about it. So it's Mario and Stalin. So at home I go by Stalin, okay? Like everyone in fa- in my home, my family, mom, dad, sister, everyone calls me Stalin, but right from work and everywhere else I'm known as Mario. And uh, yeah, but that uh, for me it's not necessarily significant of closeness. But somehow, at at it, in my family, if my sister is angry with me, she'll say Mr. Mario, and then I'll be know, oh, okay, I need to be a little uh, yeah careful about what she's going to say next. <laughs> but then otherwise, it's always Stalin, you know. Stalin. I bet. Same. I bet people. Have, I bet people have called you Sylvester Stallone before. Like that, oh, that's yeah, must yeah, have yeah, come yeah. up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> quite a lot. Quite a lot. Quite a lot. That's happened. That's happened. Yeah. Nice. So, um today is a Saturday. We are recording on a Saturday. We're trying not to tell you what the date is because we haven't yet decided when we're going to release these episodes. So you're not going to receive it. <laughs> And you know, let's let's try to see if we make sure people can't date the episode as to when it's being recorded. It's just a Saturday. <laughs> yeah, just it's a Saturday. It's a sunny Saturday. <laughs> how how are your Saturdays usually, Darren? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, my Saturdays are quite repetitive. I mean in a sense it's pretty much the same Saturday every week lectures in the morning lunch or mass lunch rosary and then the rest of the afternoon until about 6 7 it will be kind of my own time to do stuff so I'll be studying or um I will be doing something really reading or usually that's the time for me to do get on with stuff that I have to do so right now my exams are not too later so um This is kind of like a free few hours for me. So um yeah, so this is a good time to record, I guess. Oh, nice, nice, nice. A seminarian's life surely does sound busy. Yeah, I mean, there are days where it's like quite quiet and there's not much to do and sometimes you just wish those days never end. But then you you also have days where it's like today, Saturday where it's busy and um it's just sometimes it's just one thing after the other, which is not a bad thing. I sometimes I like keeping busy, but um Yeah, so Saturdays most of the time most of the time Saturdays are pretty much the same. Hmm, that's nice. It's it's quite the the opposite or, or kind of like I think that's where um seminarians priests etc um like because your functions primarily are on the weekdays uh in line with uh, you know mass Sundays etc and then for us lay people it's slightly on the other side which is like I'm mostly 
completely uh, working on all the five days and that's why whenever Darren says hey would you like to record on a Wednesday I'm like uh I'm not sure. I think we even tried doing it once yeah. and then we ended up scrapping the episode because my mind wasn't just away from work. So that's why Saturdays on the other hand are a lot more easier for me in that way. It's like yeah, the time yeah. to sit back and relax. But uh, yeah, I mean, my work doesn't involve like Darren studying the scripture. Uh it's mostly something else <laughs> completely different. <laughs> So yeah it's 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 a slight it's it's complementing each other right in a way because you're yeah. you're busy on the days we ought to be free because we use that free time to come and um uh you know get be nurtured by the priests uh, you know confession mass etc all of that kind of like yeah, it's a nice yeah. complementing factor that's nice yeah yeah it's a yeah i mean i mean uh i think sometimes um some people kind of had this have this sort of idea that priests do nothing other than weekends i mean even in the weekdays when i was on placement it was quite busy as well like we go to hospital visits and um we'll go and visit uh, elderly people or do um uh sometimes there'll be like parish meetings and stuff like that so even on the weekdays it's um it's it can be they can be tough going on but obviously like you said um it won't be as intense as like you know working from 7 in the morning to like 8 in the evening or 6 in the evening or anything like that So um, yeah. but yeah like you said I think you know you'd see a priest most busy on a Sunday as a lay person. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I think I've tried to get my parish priest um, I don't think I've ever been able to call him out for lunch because he's my parish priest okay I'm based in Hamburg Germany and my parish priest all is in charge of the English speaking parish here as well as uh, the Filipino community and um, you know he travels quite a distance i think he says he he goes and celebrates the mass in the morning uh, or i might be wrong but he comes and does the mass for us at 12 o'clock and then he has like a a short period of time before which he needs to go to the next church and there he has the filipino mass and then he heads home and during the covid situation he had to do two masses for us and two masses for the filipino community there is some you know regulation around how many masses a priest can say in a day as well and he had to get some dispensation from the bishop to be able to do that and i was just thinking to myself my gosh that's quite a lot yeah and it's... yeah when we used <laughs> to have two masses uh, poor my poor parish priest like um, we'd have one at in 12 and the next one is at 1 so in between to stay awake he'd go and get a coffee and come and then he'd come so that he can have the same energy when he's going through mass so yeah sundays are definitely a tough uh, or rather busy day for priests definitely definitely yeah, but um, to be honest you, to be honest as well like um for me oh uh, when i when i do get busy i um what i do like to do is come to to kind of relax my mind um i think reading for me it's a it's a good um, way of kind of kind of slowing down your day mm-hmm. and sometimes we need that really to slow down your day and just to keep your mind at ease and um for me i do a lot of spiritual reading actually so most of the time if i'm not studying if I, if my head's not in the bible or in my philosophy i am um, i'm either reading reading an encyclical reading um reading a book about a saint um right now i'm reading Faustina's diary I'm on notebook 3 and um which is very good and um, I enjoy it and I've also I'm also reading an encyclical um Evangelii Nunziandi so that's also um, by Paul the 6th which mm-hmm. is also a um, a very nice encyclical about mission and so 
it's um it's quite refreshing i guess just to read about saints read about uh, read encyclicals um it just gives you a, a f fresh insight really on spirituality and um and i do f i i enjoy it as well some people can find spiritual reading quite boring because there's no you know there's no it's not like um uh, non-fiction where there's you know there's drama and all that kind of st no fiction sorry fiction is like fantasy <laughs> stuff right yeah so <laughs> so fiction sorry fiction is fantasy stuff so it's not like fiction fictional books where it's um about fantasy and stuff so some of it some of this stuff can be quite dry sometimes but but it's extremely nourishing and um i find it quite nourishing i mean i don't know how what your views are on spiritual readings what, what are your views mario I'll start with actually talking about reading first and then we'll jump into a bit of spiritual reading. Not a bit, I mean, like at least talking about spiritual reading. I think reading in itself is definitely uh, a very good thing, good way to actually calm yourself down, like you said. And I think, um, you know, uh, I was talking to a priest once and one of the difficulties I've been having is uh this is a vice which is before i sleep i just take the phone out and i'm like okay flipping through instagram or whatever and you know not really putting my brain to rest and uh, a suggestion was to actually read before i f sleep because reading activates a different part of your brain so reading in itself because i mean a lot of us are used to this instant gratification culture what i mean by that is if you look at instagram shots but let's go a little before that that was tiktok tiktok is what started this entire revolution of 15 second videos you have videos where everything needs to be given to you in 15 seconds and if you take 15 seconds and uh, let's let's take you know the duration of how long somebody would spend on a phone and being modest over here let me say it's 20 minutes okay 20 minutes into 15 seconds okay like 15 second shots into 20 minutes that's 20 into 4 that's 80 different shots that you've viewed in a short period of time and uh, we are in this culture wherein we are getting information 80 different individual distinct pieces of information you know and uh, there was this time where I used to watch TikTok and I was like okay now I need to get rid of the phone because sorry get rid of the app because I was so addicted to it but the point is I'm trying to make is that you know what we consume like whether we are at work where we are what we're on the computer you watch a movie you're listening to stuff listening to a podcast like ours and then you also have uh, these new mediums like you know TikTok etc but everything all of these actually circle around this fact when you're trying to gather information in a short amount of time whereas reading is i think the outlier for me because reading is akin to having a very detailed long-winded conversation with the, mm. with the author where you're trying to mm. uncover a mystery that you're trying to read through whether it's spiritual reading or it's just fiction as you mentioned and it tells me how uh, far apart from the world you are darren <laughs> that you didn't really <laughs> remember what fiction was just kidding but yeah reading takes you transports you into a different realm and yeah that's why i think reading is important i do agree and uh, it's been i used to read um, let's say uh, quite a bit before but i think uh, life caught on and I was not reading as much at least about a year ago or two years ago and then I got back into reading and like you said I think uh, while you while there's fiction and all of that aspect of reading that's really nice as well which you should I do find it extremely enriching and nourishing to actually do spiritual reading 
and uh, just before we started recording this we were like okay why do we even read uh, why do we go in for spiritual reading i mean the the answer for darren might be simple i'm a seminarian i need to do spiritual reading but <laughs> <laughs> wow i like these assumptions mario i like these assumptions <laughs> anyways okay <laughs> <laughs> but, but but correct me darren correct me darren why why would you need spiritual reading beyond your seminarian duties or seminarian study well i mean um one pretty straightforward predictable answer is you know as a seminarian you're training to become a priest and b- because you're training to become a priest your time in seminary should be a time to develop your spirituality and um so uh, my spiritual director always encourages me to um sort of read read on the saints read on different saints read on their works and um because these saints you know are were people that were so close to god that were so inspired and illumined by god and so um so and they were human too like us and they had their flaws like we do and so when you read about the saints in one level you can connect with the kind of life that they had lived and um you can connect with their problems as humans you know and on another level you can also see how they worked on their relationship with god and the whole purpose i guess of spiritual reading is for your own personal spiritual development you know trying to be inspired by what you read and in some levels implement what you read the spirituality of these saints into your own life and um And so like I said earlier, you know, I'm reading Faustina's diary and it's um if you haven't read Faustina's diary, it's um it's extremely heavy. And sometimes when I read Faustina's diary, I'll re- I'll read for like half an hour and I'll just shut the book and I'll just be like, "Wow, I'm just such a sinner compared to Faustina." This is Saint Faustina. But um but you know, just just like um reading, you know, about how her relationship with God and you know, how she loved God, how she loved Christ, how she loved her faith so much. it's something that inspires me and um it also reminds me of how much i need to work what what how much i need to work on and so so you know if i was to put all of that short reading doing spiritual reading helps you spiritually develop and for a seminarian who is trained to become a priest that's of course extremely vital yeah i i totally agree with that uh of course i'm not a seminarian but i still agree with that <laughs> but what i mean i think i mean like uh if we were to take that you know from another light and just look at it you spoke about why spiritual reading was important to you from a perspective of reading about the saints etc and i do understand that a lot of the spiritual reading that you're doing is not part of your curriculum quote on quote right so That's that right, would yeah. mean right yeah. yeah because i'm i'm fairly i'm not sh- i'm not sure okay you could correct me here do you study in faustina in seminary we don't like directly study her life and all of that stuff so we don't really know like, no say say that faustina is more of our own personal so it's your own personal reading thing, yeah. yeah and i'm going to draw from what you said which was basically that you read about uh you do, you do spiritual reading okay let's get into the facets of them a little later but you do spiritual reading with a predominant need for you to grow yourself spiritually right and uh, then you spoke about reading of the saints and then of course there are different books so i kind of going to relate that to how i also looked at spiritual reading prior to a few years ago the only spiritual reading that i had ever done was from the bible <laughs> so i would yeah. only read the bible but yeah, yeah i mean the most distinct 
the first book rather the first book that was not the bible that was gifted to me were my by my parents uh, and the book goes by it's it's a small book the by uh, a book of stories on the bible for kids and i i remember reading it cover to cover it was a christmas gift and i still to date remember every single thing in that book right from gideon's army to about king samuel you know to all the different people in the old testament and i was and i recall them through my life and i was trying to understand what else has had such a big impact on me than that and uh, that was one aspect and that's the bible and then as i started growing older i started questioning a lot of the beliefs that i had a lot of the traditions that we used to follow and i started thinking about why do we do these things and i think that's another facet of what spiritual reading helps me uh, do and then of course like you said reading about the saints themselves because i think saints are uh, a very essential portion of our reading or should be a very essential portion for our reading primarily for one major fact all of us are called to be saints at the end of the day mm. we want we are called to be saints and why do you read uh, another saints books because you want to learn how they achieved sainthood right so in a similar mm. fashion like we look about we look at let's look at the secular world we read about if i have to look at books i've read from a secular perspective i've got steve jobs autobiography i'm yet to read jeff bezos's autobiography i think i take we take successful people's books and we try to see what they've been doing in their lives that make them successful and then we look at that and we try to learn and emulate from them and in a similar light that's what that's why we need to read saints because our ultimate purpose in life is to become a saint right i mean mm, it's not mm. you you need not be a canonized saint as in like you know uh, i wish there is a saint darren and a saint mario you know when we pass this pass away from this world but that's not you know a necessity to be a saint a canonized saint and a saint are two different things right a canonized mm. saint is somebody that the church recognizes as a saint uh primarily because they want to foster the faith of the of the clergy they want to give us people to whom we who we can look up to and follow but yeah. a lot of our families have had a really wonderful people maybe our grandparents our uncles our great grandfathers what not who've led who've lived exemplary lives that we would know in our hearts are in heaven and that's also they are also saints i mean it's just that they are not a canonized saint so all of us at the end of the day if our goal is to reach heaven we know that we want to be a saint and what's the best way to be a saint is by following god's will and what's mm. uh, a good framework for that of course by being christ like but also looking at different uh, saints lives and uh, you know like seeing how to emulate yeah. that and uh, i think one of the most beautiful things that i read most recently a book called angels and saints by scott hahn and he was speaking about st therese of lisieux and the beauty of st therese of lisieux was that every other saint's call to fame was something amazing that they did right yeah like yeah. you take st thomas aquinas you take st augustine you take all of these saints and francis xavier and ignatius of loyola you can name all these amazing saints and then this saint had such a beautiful way to want to become a saint it was basically the fast track to becoming a saint that's effectively what yeah. it was yeah. she lived such a simple life she lived a, a cloistered life in a convent and two or three of her sisters were also nuns and she did what she had to do which was writing down her autobiography which and she did it reluctantly she did it 
only because yeah. her mother superior she asked her to, to do it yeah. exactly yeah. otherwise she didn't want to and she was just looking for the quickest way to be a saint it's like if you had to look for like you know uh, a short cut to becoming a saint it's in Therese of Lisieux and then eventually posthumously after she passed away her sisters took her writings and just kept it as a means of just remembering her but that became mm. one of the biggest uh, you know the best sellers in terms of like books on a saint and i think yeah. that's the beauty of uh, that's the beauty that you get from spiritual reading by reading about saints in their lives and then you're like yeah. you're thinking oh do i need to do this and that do i need to be uh, a martyr do i need to you know die do i need to do like there's so many questions in your in your head as to what does it mean to be a saint and then you have people like saint therese of lisieux who answer mm. that question in such an easy fashion for you which is just completely yeah. and wholly giving yourself to christ and like Christ make of you what he wills and i think that's the beauty i think i like of yeah, synthesis yeah. of lizio of course i mean but yeah but circling back a little bit where did i get this information from i got it from a book it is from angels and saints by by scott han i still haven't read synthesis of lizio's book but it was oh, like fantastic uh, yeah oh that's wow great. tell us tell us a little bit more about it then darren yeah so it's um what story of a soul that's the uh, biography the autobiography that um, she writes story of a soul it's it's amazing it's absolutely it's actually funny enough that's my first that was the first spiritual reading book that i completed like a um, story of a soul by saint Therese of lejeune and yeah it's it's very much about like her life and um and like she actually like you said she kind of says it in the beginning as well that she didn't want to do it but because she got told to do it by her superiors out of obedience she started doing her writings and um and if you ask me i think that's quite um that's quite miraculous miraculous really and um quite providential you know for for her to do those writings and them um, out of obedience and you know so and for me actually i think um i i had after reading story of soul i i had a per, i i gained a personal devotion to saint Therese of Lisieux and I just I admired her spirituality so much because her spirituality and you re- you read the story of a soul it's it's about doing the most littlest things out of complete love incomplete love for God you know and so like you say you know, sometimes we we see these great mission saints you know that traveled around the world traveled traveled through countries you know um, you know pre-evangelizing and doing such great works which is good but then you see St Teresa of Lisieux she had she's had such a great impact globally you know within the church but she was just a cloistered nun and and it was just her writings that uh, that that made her go global that made um, that made her spirituality so well known and funnily enough she's a co-patron of mission and she was just a cloistered nun and yeah. so that that itself you know shows shows quite a lot and um and sort of carrying on from like what you're saying earlier um did today in um in philosophy we were learning about um Edelstein so saint mm. Edelstein um, was um, a a german philosopher who was she was born in 1891 died in 1942 and she was actually born a jew but then when she was in her teenage years she basically rejected her faith and then it was later on uh, in her young adult years she she started reading about St Therese of Jesus so Therese of Avila St Therese of Avila and after reading St Therese of Avila she became she converted to the catholic church then became a carmelite nun and wow. so um mm-hmm. so when i when i heard that today i was like wow sometimes you know spiritual reading 
like when you read about other saints, it can also sometimes bring powerful conversions. Mm -hmm. And um, and she she was a, a great example of that. How you know she was someone that was seeking the truth, and um, you know she she went through. She was read. She must have read like loads of different people. I'm assuming you know when in her younger years when she was alive. But obviously, um, something from Saint Teresa of Avila must have really struck her and must and something from her writings would have probably you know illumined her mind and um you know and and because of saint Teresa of avila's writings and because of edith stein's own spiritual reading she converted and mm. i mentioned saint faustina as well didn't i jesus yeah. himself told saint faustina to write a diary you know and um so that's also uh, another example you know she of, did it out of obedience from jesus of course Right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it's um. So we shouldn't really underestimate the power of spiritual reading, because um, like I said, it's extremely nourishing, and you know, it kind of makes us also think about our own lives too. Especially when I read about saints like Saint Faustina, Saint Teresa of Lisieux, even John Paul II's book, The Five Great Loves of John Paul II. That's mm -hmm. also another great book. Just sort of reading about their devotion, you know, how they live their life, the hardships of life that they went through, all of this stuff, it really does inspire you, Mario. And, um, you know, and for me, part of my own development in my relationship with Christ, you know, part of that is to do with spiritual reading. And, um, and earlier you were kind of, you know, you were kind of addressed that question of, you know, why would, why would you do spiritual reading when you have the Bible, you know, and, um, and you know the Bible, you know, is the word of God, and you know, surely what can be more nourishing than the word of God? And that's true. There is truly nothing more nourishing than the word of God. But what these, what the, what spiritual reading does is, we have to remember that it does not completely separate from the word of God, but it kind of brings us to the gospel. It brings us to the scriptures. And if I was to give an example, uh, Saint Teresa of Lisieux. Okay, because um, I spoke about her already. You know, she speaks about you know doing everything out of love. You know, being charitable, and in the Gospels we read about Jesus. You know, encouraging people to be charitable. You know, the least you do to my brothers, you, or the least you do to my family, you do unto me. You know, and so Jesus speaks about being charitable. And so if we actually you know read uh, these uh, authors, you know these saints and the way they live their life, it's actually very. It's actually according to the Gospels. It's according to the Scriptures. So what we actually read is not something that's completely separate from the scriptures, but it is actually something that directs us towards the scriptures, that gives us fresh eyes towards the scriptures. And I think that's what's important. You know, if you really want to you know, take scriptures to a deeper level, then um, you shouldn't be afraid to uh, you know, do spiritual reading because it does yep. give you a really fresh insight. And um, that's definitely you know, something that I've realized throughout my time doing spiritual reading fresh eyes on the scriptures and i think that's very important yeah definitely i mean like i think i just want to take another facet of spiritual reading itself you speak you speak a lot about we spoke a lot, a lot about uh, uh, saints right another aspect because when you brought scripture i think that's the aspect that kind of drew me towards spiritual reading which was like kind of understanding the scriptures more and uh, if if you have ever, like, I'm sure you've read uh, the Gospel of John, right through Easter, we were reading the Gospel of John. 
yeah a lot of john's writings are cryptic i must say right take the gospel of john take his letters take revelation and you find so much of you know depth in it you can just take a single verse and you can like wonder what is it that he's trying to write what is the holy spirit trying to speak to us through saint john over here and uh, i've always like read a verse or a chapter and every year i've read it it's it's given me something different every time i've read it it's given me something different and i was like sometimes i i'm forced with these these thoughts of like what is he really trying to say and i think that's why i heard about catena aurea which is as a collection of uh, you know the early church fathers that st thomas of aquinas puts together so for example you'll have um, st augustine chrysostom uh, hilary uh, you know and so many of the other early church fathers give their uh what do you call it what's the word for this why am i not getting the right word uh the interpretation comment interpretation and commentary on scripture yes commentary was yeah, yeah the interpretation so when you take there you take a verse over there and then you have different of uh, each one of these early church fathers write their sermons down so it's basically their homilies in at mass that's been recorded and written down you find you get a deeper understanding of scripture so think about it this way you read scripture and then you read maybe um, something that's in augustine wrote as a commentary on it then you read st chrysostom's uh, commentary then you read uh, you know any of the other early church fathers what you're doing is actually you're, you're getting that much more depth of meaning to the same amount of scripture you do of course have your own personal revelation that christ gives you through the holy spirit you do understand have your own reading of it as well but the depth and the beauty of it that you get by understanding and reading commentaries is another aspect that's one aspect of spiritual reading that i've grown to really love and the other thing was after attending father joseph's bible study so father joseph is uh, the priest at divine retreat center he's the current uh what's the word for it uh so he's like the assisting director yeah he's the, the assistant place, director yeah. yeah of the place so if you ever visit the divine uk's uh channel you'll find him mostly preaching over there and he conducted a bible study about let's say last year around about the time of the pandemic and uh, yeah yeah so he basically took the mass that was one aspect and he also connected or the old testament with the new testament and it blew my mind i had never made these connections before and the connections that were made were, were kind of opened up another realm of reading for me which is where i come to scott hans books so ever after father joseph's bible study i was like oh, okay where is like we realized that father joseph also had been reading people like scott hahn and through that he had such mm. a depth of understanding of this and i started reading this as well for myself and i've been reading the lamb supper the fourth cup these are two books that talk a lot about the mass and you know how do we have uh, the the mass for us like what is the depth of the mass what's the meaning of the mass why do we have this previously i was just attending masses like oh yeah we do have these different you know uh, parts of the mass there's the liturgy of the word there's a liturgy of the 
Uh, sorry, I, I'm, I'm obviously getting the, the, the nomenclature wrong. You have to refer to Darren's videos and, you know, a talk that he's given it under my roof that lays <laughs> it down. But basically the different parts of the mass, right? I didn't yeah. really understand the depth and the meaning of it until I was able to actually connect what Father Joseph was speaking through mm. the Bible study, the Old Testament and the New Testament. What's the role of the priest? Why do we have the consecrated host, the true presence of Christ in the, in the Eucharist? All of these things did not really make that much of sense to me until these connections were made. Yes, you can have faith that speaks to you by just like, oh yeah, this is what you've been told. But not a lot of us have the gift of being able to just agree with what's told exactly. us. Right? A lot exactly. of us do question yeah. what's yeah. happening around. And I think for me, what spiritual reading has done in, in abundance is basically giving me the concrete evidence and the understanding and the depth and the meaning of everything that we do. So the Catholic Church, the foundations of the Catholic Church are on scripture and tradition, right? Scripture mm. are the Bible, is the Bible. It's, it's all that's mentioned over there. And then if we take every single tradition that we have, you can date it back to scripture where you're able to see that the New, com- the New Testament is a completion of things mentioned in the Old Testament. And mm-hmm. when you bring them together, they make sense. And where else can you get this meaning? Of course, it is through deep spiritual reading. And then when these authors, mm. these theologians actually take the Bible and they've broken it up for us, like they've opened it up, they open our eyes to different things that you would not have previously seen. And I kind of think that uh, there was a huge change in the direction of my life when I started thinking about why am I living, you know, it's the eventual, I mean, if you take CCC1, right, it's the life and purpose of man, it's to know God, like that's yes, that's yeah. in short. And I think understanding scripture praying and having a deeper knowledge uh, and deeper understanding of Christ, like talking to him on a day-to-day basis, right? And understanding the depth of the scripture and tradition, the faith that we share gives you that completeness and you are actually going towards that goal of knowing God. And I think spiritual reading basically gives you that basis and the foundation for you to actually take that leap and just like jump Mm. into knowing god more and more and getting closer to him and all these mysteries just open up of course i mean it's still like an iota a very small portion of the huge mystery of the universe and of who god is of course but how much ever we can grasp while we are on this earth before we reach eternity where our eyes are completely opened we must strive for and i think that's why spiritual reading is very important yeah 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 and like you said you know very clearly you know you know our you know over here you know in this world, in this lifetime, you know, we we are created to to worship, to adore, and and to love God, you know, and um, you know, and for me, read spiritual reading has been a way, has been an instrument to to loving God, to loving Christ, to, lo- to loving Jesus, you know, and sometimes, you know, some and you know, God uses people, you know, to 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 share the gospels, and you know, like you said, Scott Hahn, there are not many people that are gifted like Scott Hahn to be able to. To interpret the scriptures the way he has to be able to make connections. Brant Petre is another example who's done something similar. Edward Sri, who I read the book on the mass about, who wrote the book on the mass, which I read. You know, these guys, they've made such incredible connections, and the thing is, that these connections, they make absolute sense. And you know what these guys say is not just complete waffle, but they give evidence. They show you where it's come from. They give you. The Old Testament scriptures, what the Old Testament says, and so all these, all these like commentaries and interpretations have come from scripture too, and it's so important that you know we read these guys because for me personally, if I never read Edward Street, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have such a deep understanding 
on the mass that I have now. And of course, you know, as a seminarian, I'll, I'll get into that later on in the years, you know, starting to understand it a lot more. But for me, at this point of time, Edward Sri has been a, a, a instrumental for me in understanding what I'm going to be living most of my life around, you know, the Eucharist and, you know, celebrating Mass. And so as Catholics, you know, if we truly want to understand our faith, then there is one of the be the best one of the best ways is uh, spiritual reading and we shouldn't um we shouldn't feel afraid to do spiritual reading or we shouldn't feel anxious about it but embrace it because it, it is actually you know such a gift and you know it's um you know you have to remember be open to the possibility or the fact that god uses people to encourage you to um to be able for you to be able to love your faith more to be able to love the sacraments more and and you know God has chosen such instrumental people throughout the years to be able to do this, and and I'm for me, Edward Street is one of those guys who who God has used in such a powerful way, and like you said, you know, it, it really does, you know, these connections that they bring really does have an impact on you, and um, it really does, you know, give you a fresh insight on your faith and everything, and yeah, I completely agree with everything you said, really, Mario. It's 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 fantastic. Yeah, and the final thing I just want to leave us all with is uh, another kind of book. I mean, of course, there are like a too, too many facets to spiritual reading, but I'm going to like just talk about one yeah. more kind of book that I've really found beautiful. Uh, in fact, actually, I'm going to go ahead and say two, two, three, two, <laughs> two to three different types. One book that I've uh, recently read was uh, uh, Spiritual Warfare and the Discernment of Spirits. It's by Dan Burke. He's, if I'm not mistaken, the MD or the head of EWTN. And he wrote the book. Now, uh, The Discernment of Spirits is, of course, by St. Ignatius of Loyola and the most prominent work uh, or, the, or, or the best uh, found interpretation that we found is from Father Timothy Gallagher. And he writes it. And of course, Father Timothy Gallagher's book is very nice and completely insightful. All the 13 different, uh, you know, rules of discernment exist uh, were there. But then I found that reading a little heavy for me. So I read Dan Burke's book. It's much smaller. But then he mm. spoke to me in a way that I think I would not have been able to completely grasp had I not read Dan Burke's book first, which was because he was speaking from his own personal life. And I think that's a testament to us, uh, you know, and then I was able to relate and see how I could actually use those 13 exercises in spiritual discernment in my own life. In a similar fashion, mm. there's, uh, uh, I'm a warrior. So there's this book called 50 Bible Verses uh, or The Warrior's Guide to the Bible. A friend of mine, Ruben, a common friend of ours actually had uh, suggested it to me and I've been reading it. Of course, I'm taking it slowly, but as I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm not the only person in the world who thinks this way. And I'm like, wow, I can use scripture to actually back it. That's one set. And the most recent, uh, or, or not so recent, but I think one of the things, at, at least in my age and our age, that's been super helpful for me is the teachings of St. John Paul through the theology of the body. And you've had people yeah. like uh, Christopher West uh, uh, and Jason Everett who actually write about these books. Uh, these books and then you understand human sex human sexuality in a completely different aspect and i think the church really gives you all of these uh, spiritual reading these different facets where did john paul get the theology of the body you won't believe it he got it from the bible 
it is there it's there in plain sight but have you and i read it <laughs> probably not that's why you exactly. have a, a a saint like pope john paul who actually found the depths of the meaning of human sexuality and he took it took it and wrote it in this beautiful series of books i mean he didn't write it as a book he gave it as sermons of course but people put it together as a book and then you have people yeah. like jason everton christopher west taking and furthering his works and i think that's the whole beauty of the church as a whole right we are meant to be mm. one body and we are meant to nurture each other and help each other and basically uh, i think I, i may not be quoting scott hand right but the essence of what he said in his book angels and saints is that we can stand on the shoulders of saints as we head towards heaven you know you can start somewhere like this is an analogy my mm. parents always told me my dad used to tell me like you know he would give me all the experience he had in life so that i can t- take on from him from where he is at not from where he started at so he's giving me that lift up in my life to go ahead and that's what the saints do and the spiritual reading as a whole does to us we can stand on the shoulders of saints and we can go forward if you take scott han he's of course stood on the sho- the shoulders of the early church fathers and who who may, who knows how many more other theologians right and then now we are standing on his shoulders and we are trying to go closer <laughs> to god so exactly. that's in exactly. essence how it is like spiritual reading yeah. takes you closer to getting to god and i think that's the beauty of it Mm. Yeah. And just um just one final thing that I'll probably add to um, to spiritual reading is that we have to be quite selective. And so you you have to kind of ask yourself, you know, what do you want to gain out of this spiritual reading? So for example, if you want to know more about the church, then like you said, people like Scott Hahn and you know who who have writings on the Eucharist and Edward Shree, Brant Pitre, you know, these guys, you know, if you want to understand the church, understand the sacraments, these guys are great. people to read if you want to read something that's more spiritually nourishing um that you want to read to increase your you know your love for Christ and if you want to be inspired by certain people then you know St Faustina's diary St Therese of Lisieux story of a soul and um you know these guys are are very great people to read and you know you also have the encyclicals so if you want to read a uh, papal encyclicals by popes you know um who have been you know hand picked by god to lead the church then encyclicals of course you know evangelium nunciandi and, and all these encyclicals that these popes have written are are also very good so i guess um when you, if you have never really dipped into spiritual reading before and if you want to get into spiritual reading before you start just ask yourself what you want to get out of it you know where 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 do you want you where where are you aiming to go spiritually and then from take it on from there and then um try and be selective and um try and yeah try and try and pick what you feel is uh right for you is what i would say because sometimes for me when i first started doing spiritual reading i didn't really know where to start so i just i just went like r- going around saying oh this looks interesting picked it up read like five or six pages thought oh this is too intense for me shut it then went somewhere else and so it's like it can be quite hard sometimes so i think before you dip into it especially if it's your first time or getting into spiritual reading start off with something easy but also know you know what you want to get out of it you know what what you're looking for and then that's the best way to kind of go about it i think just yeah, a little I mean, bit like, of advice yeah yeah i th- i think that's de- definitely very important and uh, to that let me just add one piece which is like if you're looking for 
good spiritual reading right you know one way to go about it is to go to a book show bookstore i mean back in the old days prior to amazon and you know all of these other online stores <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can go into a bookstore and one such store that i've really liked is the pauline publications they have bookshops across the world if you find one in your city you can just go there and they have them arranged by themes and you can usually go there and you can find if you're trying to find out more about marriage if you're trying to find out more about the depths of the church if you have uh, a specific gospel that you're uh, researching and you're reading you can go and actually find in there and um, i'm also going to try putting this out there let's say let's see darren we have an email address why don't we invite people if they do want to hear from us if uh, you know with our limited knowledge i'd like to say myself maybe yours as well um uh, in whatever way we can help people if you're interested in reading about okay this is where i want to start off with you can write to us at the catholic walk at gmail.com yes we do have an email address darren's hearing about it for the first time and we're going yes, to i am <laughs> <laughs> I was not sure where you're gonna go with the email address. I'm like, wait, am I am I gonna give my email address out now? <laughs> so yeah, we do have an email address, thecatholicwalkatgmail.com. Yeah. And if you'd like to hear f- about maybe where you want to start off with spiritual reading, or you just want to hear what are the books we've been reading. Not that we have a lot that I've okay. At least I'll speak for myself. It's not that I've read a lot, but the little that I've read has definitely been super nourishing for me. We try and point you in some direction that would eventually get you on a journey of finding the right books. I think it's all about finding that first few books, like the first three, four books that you're reading, and then your journey kicks off from there because then you naturally hear what you want to know about, and of course, hearing other people speaking to different people, uh, having a more closer communion with the body of Christ, which is the Catholic Church, yes. helps you yes. in to nurture yourself. I mean, that would mean just like getting into your local communities of prayer, like finding people to like-minded people to speak to people in the faith will definitely be super helpful. So, yeah, I think that was wonderful. I mean, we were not sure how this conversation was going to go when we started it off, but I'm I'm quite happy where it went. What do you say, Darren? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Um it's just very good really, isn't it, Mario, to be able to some kind of share these things, you know, share um our spiritual lives and you know, share how how spiritual reading has helped us and um you know, these video these videos, these podcasts <laughs> that we do are to just basically help you guys really and um you know try and you know we've experienced god in such a profound way and we just want to be able to share that with you guys and um and share with you how we've experienced god and um this is one of those ways in we in which we experience god and um i hope you guys have found that very useful and very helpful yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'd also like to add and say that we'd also share our struggles because I mean it's not a perfect world out there. Definitely, we've uh, we found uh, our joy in Christ, but at the same time, there are going to be struggles. There are times wherein we are questioning, etc. But it's important to share our authentic lives with with the with the people who are going to be listening to this podcast. And I think uh, we'd both vow to do that. So with that, we're going to leave you and uh, thank you once again for tuning in. Um, have thanks a blessed, guys yeah, have a blessed day ahead god bless bye bye choose